It is April 13th, 2017, and you're listening to the Talking Games Podcast. I'm Bobby Sherrill. I'm here with Justin Townsend. Hola. Hugh Perry. Boop. And Kelsey Lavati. Hey. There we go. There we go. I had it set just to our camera, so it, w- it wouldn't change. Did you start the broadcast? No, I didn't either. So that's a good thing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We're working with a new setup today, guys. We are. There's a lot of moving parts. I'll take a picture of it and send it. Uh, put it up. Um, After three years of podcasting, we decided to make a permanent setup instead yeah. of doing this every week. Yep. And it's awesome. It's working. Uh, okay. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna do a reintro since so people on the stream can hear it. Oh my god. The YouTube video is playing in the background. <laughs> this is all staying in. We're going to have a blooper reel with some like funny music going on in the I background. Was just, I was just temporarily insane. Though it sounded good, right? It did sound it good. It sounded really good. All right. We're leaving that in, by the way. Okay. So, yeah. So, this is Talking Games Podcast, as professional as always. Um, yeah, we have a, <laughs> a new setup. We, we're, we're broadcasting uh, live for Patreon members right now. Uh, I'm going to put the archives up uh, of the past shows a week after they go up. So Patreon have them exclusively live and exclusively for a week, and then they'll go live on our YouTube channel. So if you want to see us talking, you you can do that as, as well. Um, the reason for all of the new setup too is that Justin and I are starting a streaming series tonight, and I always think one of the biggest obstacles. I should say we're recording. We're not going to be streaming it live yet. We're still kind of one thing at a time. <laughs> um, uh, one of the biggest obstacles I think always to doing that stuff is that there's a ton of setup time always, you know? Um, and I think I've sort of developed a system where we don't have to do that much setup, which is going to be good. Um, it's always good. Happy about that. So uh, yeah, I've got this, like I made like a makeshift utility cart um, for, for all our audio gear that allows us to do this. We're doing now do a backup of it. There's a lot of stuff going on here. I'll take a picture of it and send it to people. Um, but yeah, we're we're rocking here, and we're we're on uh, week two of our new format. Last week it was just you and I trying it out and and, and doing it, um, but I think we held down the fort pretty well. Uh, yeah, I'd like you? to think so. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Uh, but Justin and Kelsey are back. Um, Matt is out again this week. He'll be back next week. Um, but we got a lot to talk about. We got a lot of we got some games to talk about in our, in our lightning round, and we've got I think some pretty cool topics um, and news as well. And news, is, yeah, a lot of news. Um, big Xbox news, which Justin's going to bring to the table and we're going to talk about uh, pretty, pretty in-depthly. And uh, Nintendo had a direct today when we're recording this. So they announced some stuff. So hopefully we have a compiled list by the time we get to that. We do. Because it was coming in kind of hot previous to that. Um, so, but before we get to that, let's, let's catch up. Justin, how are you doing, my friend? I'm good. Uh, it's that time of year again. Mm. So it's baseball time. Ah, yes. When it's opening day. It's Take fantastic. Me out to the ball. Game. I like how you raised Hughes' volume when that was happening. No, that was re- I'm raising your volume. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean that was a good time. Good weather. Uh, year two of bringing Jora. Um, I was actually telling the, the guys a story before as we were coming on. Uh, Four year olds are apparently awful at school, and so the other day Jora was like all bummed out. He's like, "Oh, I don't, I, I, I don't have any friends at school." In four year old talk. And I was like, oh, buddy, that's not true. I'm sure that somebody wants to play with you. He's like, nobody wants to play with me. It's like, I want right, to well, play with him. I know. <laughs> so uh, I, I picked him up. And he, he asked me, he's like, are, are you, are you going to stay with me or you have to go back to work? And I was like, I have to go back to work. He's like, nobody wants to spend time with me. Oh it's like, okay, uh, well, now I'm not going back to work. So let's go do a thing. Ever. <laughs> let's, go, let's, go have a, 
let's go have a let's go have a date and he got really excited and he's like I want to be style for our date. So that means he wanted to go home and get dressed into something stylish for our date. That's one of those adorable things I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, so he <laughs> came home. Over, he's he came home. Right we, now. We, we, we put on jeans and a sweater. And I was like, all right, now what am I going to do with him for a couple of hours? And I was like, let's go bowling. So that was a fun experience. So I'm figuring, ah, oh, it's a Friday afternoon, like 1 o'clock bowling alley. We, like, there's one literally right up the road from my house. Like, it'd be empty. I got there, and we got the only available lane. <laughs> all people, like, it was like a whole senior tour there. And then a whole bunch of people, like, the people around us were practicing 300 perfect games. Oh, wow. So, like, they would set themselves up for, to, like, for the pressure of having that perfect game. And I have Jorah running up there overhanding the ball. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that was fun. And then we went to the mall, and he's super into Pokemon right now. Nice. Nintendo and Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he only knows X and Y because that's what's on Netflix. Uh, that's the first thing I saw on Netflix. Okay. He was watching some, like, crazy... Um, Pokemon ripoff. It was called Dinosaur King. I think it only aired for one season, but it had like a similar concept. And I was like, let me at least put him on something that I know I'll be able to find toys of. So he started on X and Y. And now he's all into it. Cool. So we went to Build a Bear, and he got Charmander. Nice. That's what he wanted. Um, and it was a you know it was a good day, except for the part where he had an accident in his pants. Okay. Well, in the middle of the mall. All right. Well. That's going to happen to the child. It's yeah. a child. Those things happen. But yeah. you're like, it was one of those things like as a dad, you were like, all right, on the list of bad things I want to happen, that ranks like near the top. And uh, we, we got, you know, most of the time you have like like a diaper bag or whatever. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, he's four. If he has to go, he'll let me know. He got really excited. And then it was just over. I was like, oh, all right. Well, we're going home now. <laughs> but it was, a, it was a great day. That is awesome, man. Yeah. That's awesome. Very cool. And it's been a... Good start to the season for the Mets, by the looks of it. Yeah, they're doing uh, they're doing okay. Come back to me in a couple of weeks. <laughs> That's always the case, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. How about you, Kelsey? You weren't here last week. What uh, what's been going? How's school? I know you had a big essay due last week. Yeah, I had uh, medieval English once again. Surprise. <laughs> um. <laughs> Surely it's ye olde medieval English. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, today was my last day of school before finals and summer school. So I'm pretty happy, except for the fact that I'm missing the first playoff game. I was about to ask you that. What? <laughs> yeah, I'm missing pretty important uh, events tonight. So be grateful. <laughs> I'll have you know that when the Mets were in the playoffs, the rare occurrence that it happens, I was here podcasting. That's what happens when you podcast. You miss the important events. <laughs> Yeah, Cardiff Devils lost in in the second period of overtime of the playoff finals on Sunday. Hmm. I was uh, gutted. What's the uh, what's the like trophy called for that hockey league? The Stanley Cup. Well, not oh, you, not you, Kelsey. Oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, the most famous hockey yeah. cup in the world. Um, I have no idea. I All think right. it's just like the elite league playoff the championship trophy? trophy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's got any... There's not enough prestige behind it for it to have a name, I don't think. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. I gotcha. Um, all right. Well, we have lots of video game stuff to talk about. So uh, let's see. Who should I go to first? Justin, you're back. So you should probably go first here. I'm going to put three minutes on the clock here. And you got a, you got a nice chunk of games you're going to try to get through in three minutes. Oh, God. <laughs> it's going to be the <laughs> Bob Ryer of talking games. <laughs> all right. Ready? 
and go. Okay, uh, so I mentioned it is baseball season, so this year I actually went and bought uh, MLB The Show 17. Uh, I've only played one game of it so far, but I'm enjoying it. I have a couple of friends who picked it up, and I'm going to probably be playing that here and there for a while. Um, on the Switch, I picked up Graceful Explosion Machine, which is a... Um, what did we say, Bobby? Like a... I guess it's an arcade, arcade shooter. space shooter. Yeah, yeah. definitely. In it's the form of like a Resogun mm-hmm. or a Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, is that like the twin stick one? It's not a twin stick shooter. Okay. Um, you use the face buttons and stuff. It's pretty neat. It's like, I think it came to like 13 bucks. If you own a Switch, I would highly recommend buying it. Um, played some uh, Overwatch. I'm sure that Hugh's going to get into that as well as part of our new stuff. Uh, Overwatch came out with a new PvE cooperative mode that i find to be fantastic and it's my favorite thing uh that overwatch is doing right now um i started the turing tests with my wife uh if you like portal i would pick up the turing test immediately it is very similar uh but very good and it has actually like a a really interesting story that i'm pretty into right now uh where am i on the clock oh I, i put it away i was taking pictures uh you're at a minute 44 i have played 40 hours of mass effect andromeda um and you're still awake? Uh, yeah, I've played a lot of that game lately. Um, I haven't had to take Jordan to school this week, so I've been staying up to like 2 o'clock in the morning nice. playing video games. <laughs> nice. Um, I have a lot of thoughts about that game. Um, I have completed it. Uh, I, I finished the main story. Uh, I, I told Bobby it would take me 40 hours. It took me 40 hours and 52 minutes. <laughs> um I'm going to go in-depth on this more uh, on our, like, in-depth game show where we could talk about, like, a lot of the things that I thought about it. Long story short, I ended up coming around on the game. Uh, I feel like it's not on the same par or uh, tier as the first three games, uh, but I do – I did enjoy my time with it. Um, some of the, the things that work in the game ended up really working for me. And the, the, the stuff that doesn't work continues not to work. Hmm. Uh, but in the right. end, like I was glad that I played it. And I will go into more depth on what really did come, come around for me later on. Is that it? Yeah, that's it. Nice. You did a good job. You finished in, in time. You finished with 31 seconds left. I'm professional. Oh, there we go. He is the Bob Ryan <laughs> yeah. of talking games. Um. Yeah, we'll definitely go in in deep with Mass Effect. Uh, in two weeks when we kind of do our like very game focused show, um, we're gonna talk a bunch about it. Bobby and I can recount our Friday conversation where we argued with each other for yeah. no reason. Yes, it was for no reason. As that usual. sounds like you too. Yes, as usual, it was. It went from completely congenial conversation to full out argument, and I don't know two text <laughs> messages. I don't even know how it happened. It just happens. All of a understand. sudden, I was getting all caps text messages from Justin. I don't remember sending those. <laughs> um, he was that angry. Yes. All right. Uh, Kelsey, you ready for your first lightning round? No. No. <laughs> yeah, you are. Well, it'll be over in three minutes no matter what happens. So I have uh, my notes. You're good to go. All right. You have three minutes, Kelsey, and go. Okay. So I'm still playing Mass Effect, still liking it. Uh, my goal was to romance Lexi. Uh, after many failed attempts, I learned that you can't. So I was pretty upset. Um, I still think it's a good game. I'm still having a lot of fun. It's just like the writing still throws me off. Like there's some things that they say that like if you were having a colloquial conversation, it wouldn't happen. And it's just like weird things. Like the obvious example is my face is tired, but I mean... 
you know, there's other examples. <laughs> but uh, the big, big game that I've been playing is ukulele. Oh, yeah. Okay, and you guys know this was my most anticipated game of the year. I'm in love. I'm in love with it. It's a pretty standard 3D uh, platforming game. I don't know if you guys played it. It came out yesterday. I haven't played it yet. I've heard some stuff about it, but I have not played it yet. No, I've heard things. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to... Don't worry. <laughs> There's Yuka, the lizard, and Lele, the bat. And Mr. B is the villain who wants to steal all, all the books. And as an English major, I was like, yes, I love this. Um, it's a bit more open than a regular platformer. Um but you are limited within the world as to the moves that you've learned. Mm, so instead okay. of having it like a 2D, you can like go around, but you can't like climb up if you haven't learned how to climb and stuff like that. Okay. And you have to collect pages uh, for this big master book that Mr. B is trying to steal. And if you collect them all, you can defeat him. Um, there's some problems with like lagging and camera angles that I've noticed, but I don't know if I would have noticed had I not looked at reviews but once i did i started noticing them mm, okay and uh obviously it's reminiscent of like banjo kazooie and donkey kong um the music a plus 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 uh still playing i'm still enjoying but i haven't you know it just came out yesterday so i haven't got into the nitty gritty of it yet that's it all right See, How did that, I wasn't, do? that wasn't so bad. <laughs> you did great. You have 38 seconds left. Everyone's finishing with 30 seconds left. Nice. I'm going to make it two and a half minutes now. Can I just say, I want to say one thing about Mass Effect yes. that I, I did wrong. Oh, yeah, I know. I didn't sex anybody. It's true. You did Mass Effect all wrong. I did, I, I did it completely wrong. <laughs> is that not wrong. the point? Celebrate the fact. It is God. one of the main points. If anyone, and <laughs> Especially someone who's played all the Mass Effect games, Justin, I'm extremely disappointed the in you. The thing is, I chose, I chose to go after not a main character. Like uh, not, yes. I, I chose to go after Suvi. Right. That Irish accent is going to mm. get you every time. And She's Scottish, I, like, I, I, went, I started going down that path, and then at some point, I just missed the window, and I talked to her every chance I got. So I don't know what went wrong. Maybe I, maybe I still can do it, Yeah. but I turned down other people in the process. Oh, so boy. I didn't sex anybody. That's disastrous. It's like a, it's like More a rookie like Mass Monk Effect, effect. You are. You're a very rookie Mass Effect. Absolutely. Kel Kelsey, let me know how it goes when you get laid. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> I've seen uh, I've seen footage of the PB. I have up, too. Yeah, on Giant Bomb, but I've not seen any others. Yeah, so uh, no sex in Mass Effect. Failure. I know. Two out of ten. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, Hugh, are you all ready, my friend? Yeah, man. You got three minutes, then go for it. All right, so I'll start off with um, some retro games. Um, as Justin said, the new Overwatch event called Uprising started. Um, I actually missed the last PV event, which is the Junkenstein Halloween event. Um, but I heard good things about it, and I am very, very impressed with it. It's um, like just a really intense, just crazy horde mode. Um, with the length of it, I was really, really present pleasantly surprised by it i was expecting it to be about five to ten minutes and it actually lasts about 15 to 20 um and it's surprisingly tough as well even on the um like easier difficulty it's you you've got to have your wits about you to get through it 
Um, so I'm looking forward to trying it on um, harder difficulties to see what that's like. Um, I jumped back into Destiny thanks to um, Sam and Cody. Um, been really enjoying it. I've um, actually like made me realise how much I've missed playing it um, and also realised that I hadn't actually finished the Rise of Iron content. Um, and really, really, really cool. Like the the last mission and that is so cool. Like the way it finishes is just visually awesome and the way you go about doing it is fun. Um, and yeah, the Iron Banner started today so I'll probably be uh, hopping into that over the weekend as well. Um, and lastly, Persona 5. Oh, what a game, what a game, what a game, what a game. <laughs> like, just, like, <laughs> me and Bobby had a lengthy text conversation just um, gushing over the music, for starters. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, just, it's just crazy, it's cool, um, really good characters. As I said, the music is just damn right amazing. Um, the end of the first palace is just, like, this crazy, crazy battle with just, like, this absolutely goofy boss um and yeah i just hit i think we're probably about similar um place in the game now bobby yeah i think so um too. and yeah it's it's fantastic like i i'm thinking if it carries on in this vein it's probably not even going to feel like a hundred hour game because it's just it just keeps itself moving all all the time yeah and um yeah, I love the way it's sort of like slowly piling up the systems um, so it doesn't overwhelm you and there is a lot of systems in it. Um, so yeah, just awesome. Such a cool game. All right. Hugh, you took, tw- you took 20 more seconds, but you were still underneath the three-minute mark. So good job. Well, good job. All right, I'll put three minutes on the clock for myself and I will go. Uh, quickly, I played um, a little bit, the first probably hour. It's only a three-hour game, I think, of a game called Blackwood Crossing, which is a first-person um, adventure game. Uh, you play a girl who is left in care of her brother after her parents pass away, and you are quickly thrown into a situation which you quite don't, don't quite understand. There's, there's a, it's big about mixing what's real and what's imagination, and it uses fantastical elements to illustrate some very real life um, issues that this brother and sister have, and this brother has with loss of the parents because he doesn't really remember them because he's young enough where he was too young when they when they passed away so he doesn't really have a good memory of them um i'm not sure how it's going to end up but it's been pretty fascinating i I enjoy the art style it's got some you know light puzzle solving elements but nothing that's it's more to give you interactivity with the 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 game rather than try to challenge you because they aren't challenging they're just kind of like oh this is like a clever way for this to be for me to get this password to this treehouse that the, my little brother has or whatever. Um, so that stuff is, that stuff is cool. Um, so far I'm enjoying it. Um, but I've been putting most of my time, as Hugh was saying, into Persona 5, which I echo everything Hugh has said. We knew this before the game came out, but when you're playing it, it's even more apparent. That game is stylish as fuck. It's just everywhere. It's, it's, yeah. ooze, it's oozing out of every pore of that game the music the visuals the dialogue ev- everything um the the like the full-on anime cutscenes are gorgeous but even the in-engine in stuff is really good and i just really enjoy the style and as you said there's a lot of systems like and you know i i probably about 13 hours in at, at this point i've gotten through the first dungeon 
um, and uh, you know the first kind of major story bit that that you go through, and you know for that first like f- I say five hours while the game is still engaging, it's it's very much leading you uh, uh, like by the hand because it's adding all these systems in. Because if they threw the amount of systems I have now at twelve hours at you at at, at moment one, I, I don't know how you would be able to parse that if you'd never played a Persona game before. But the Persona system is really cool. There's like a kind of a Pokemon element to it where you're in battle, if you knock down your opponent, you can kind of take their power and take them as a persona and then use them. And then you can also fuse personas together to create more powerful personas. Um, and those directly relate to the the bonds you have with the other non-playable characters in the game who you can hang out with when you're not in the sort of shadow world. And, and so it's incorporating both systems very intricately, which is which I think is pretty cool. Um and I like you said. I love the characters. Um, I, I'm I'm really into the story. The first section I played, the first 13 hours, which is basically focused on this one sort of problem you have to solve, which is this very no good teacher that's at this school that you're at. Felt like it could have been a game unto itself, like the like the story in which it tells and the beginning, middle, end aspect of the story right there. Uh, the fact that there's you know, 60, 70 hours left for me to play of this kind of stuff is, is very exciting to me. Um, I've just gotten to the point where they sort of opened it up to like, here's how you're going to get side quests and stuff like that as well. So the game is starting to open up even more now at, at 13 hours. But I've, I, I'd say my first two or three hours, I was like, okay, I like this. I'm still enjoying it. But then once I hit like hour five, six, seven, I just like fell totally for it and, and really enjoying it. And I did spend most of my workday today listening to the, soundtrack you sent me a song i just haven't gotten to listen to it yet on youtube it was funny because i was like i was talking to Hugh about it and i was like yeah he's like oh my god the cd is like 80 bucks on amazon because it's an import and like they don't have the whatever and i was like it's it's for the grand price of free on youtube you can listen to it and then not i think it was like five minutes later i see on hugh's twitter hugh added playlist to his to his youtube channel (laughs) (laughs) i didn't even know that i like shared when i was adding playlists i was i went on twitter i was like oh okay (laughs) yeah uh yeah it's great i mean the soundtrack is is awesome it's both it's got like pop stuff but it's also got like cool jazzy mood music and like the the winning battle when you win a battle music that come of the animation you have when you win a battle it's fucking great it's just so stylish i uh jumping on something that you said earlier quickly about uh blackwood crossing i thought i know i'm playing with the wires (laughs) um I wanted to actually see what the game looked like finally. So I was like, let me watch the trailer. And at the end of the trailer, when they show the logo of the game, mm-hmm. there is, um, there's a song of somebody singing in the background that I'm like, I have to know who, who, who's, who is this? Like, <laughs> I really like the way that this sounds. And so I went on YouTube and I was like, you know, Blackwood Crossing trailer, blah, blah, blah. And I eventually, I found who, out, who it was. But along the way of finding out who it was, I was reading the comments and some dude just spoiled the end of the game. Oh my God, that sucks. Yeah. That sucks. And also, the song's not released. Oh. So uh, it was like, well, that that sucks. That does suck. That I really want to play. Uh... Um, but yeah, I'm really enjoying it. I'm sure in two weeks when we're going to go deep dive, I'll play probably put in, hopefully another 10, 20 hours into it. So uh, I'll be able to talk about it more in depth. I will play that game eventually. I hear I hear Persona music. Yeah, same. It's, it's you. That's the, that's it's the winning. That's when you win country. the battle. <laughs> Thanks for the spoilers. I'll hear this stuff on my own. Yes. You'll hear that every five minutes. When you're yeah, when you're in a dungeon, it's like, it's every five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I actually... Go ahead, I actually deliberately go into... Like, you can't really call them random encounters because you can see the enemies, like, 
around the place. So you, if you want to, you can avoid them. But I deliberately go and fight people just so I can hear that bit of music at the end of it. Yeah, oh, me too. It's awesome. And, the, and like the cool like animation thing, it's, it's sometimes like depending on where you, what dungeon you are in, it's custom to what you're doing, uh, which I didn't realize until I did like the first sort of like side quest area. And one of your companions does something uh, that makes her look way different than she did before. And she looked like that in the like end of battle animation. So it was pretty cool. Nice. Yeah. Eventually. Eventually, you have a lot, a lot of games stacked up before it. Yep. Yeah. They're, I'm clearing them out of the way. Yeah. Right now, it's uh, I'm gonna finish up near mm-hmm. and play that. I don't know how many times I'll play it. We'll we'll see how I feel. Right. And then by the time that's done, pray. Mm-hmm. And then after pray, I've got a I've got a wide open schedule. What's up, Persona? Okay. <laughs> All right. So um, before we get to the listener question, Justin, do you want to run down the yeah, yeah. Nintendo Direct really quick? Yeah. Uh, so like a bunch of stuff got announced. Right before we recorded this, um, Arms, which we we knew about releasing on June sixteenth. Okay. Uh, Splatoon uh, two is releasing on July twenty first. They introduced a co op mode for it, uh, which oh, sounds pretty cool. That's neat. It's it's cool. Nintendo's keeping up this like one game a month from them. Yeah. With that, which I really enjoy. Like I think it's a good way to space everything. So out. this month is Mario Kart Eight Deluxe. Yeah. Um, and it's unlocking uh, with more carts and tracks. From the start of the game that they've ever done before, oh, which cool. is nice. Uh, and also, you can do the battle modes in. Um, I don't think they've ever announced this, but the local wireless mode. Oh, and neat. They support supports up to twelve. Yeah, they, apparently they fixed the battle mode to be more like the old battle modes people yes. liked. Uh, Ultra Street Fighter Two is May twenty sixth. Oh, nice. Minecraft Switch Edition May eleventh. That's big. That's big news. Um, nothing on. They, they just talked about the Sonic games. Some oh, yeah. Stuff. I think those already have release dates, those two Sonic games. Disgaea 5 Complete, May 23rd. Neo Geo, Master, Neo Geo Masterpieces. Um, Samurai Showdown hmm. is in there. Fatal Fury, King of Fighters 99 oh, on nice. April 13th. I'm sure Matt will be very excited about yes, that. Yes, I know. Uh, Puyo Puyo Tetris on the 25th. Yes. This is what I Finally think Finally in English. Demo out for that now. <laughs> We're getting into not like hard release dates, mm-hmm. uh, but some things they announced. Monopoly for the Switch, which I think is an amazing idea. <laughs> um, not that I care about Monopoly one yeah. iota, but I like the idea of using the tablet and putting it on the table and mm-hmm. using that as the board. Like mm-hmm. all board games should be coming out for the Switch. Yeah, yeah. and it said like the um, Joy-Con will almost act as if it's like a little container for your dice, so you sort of shake the Joy-Con. That's cool. And That's then cool. act as if you're throwing it, and then they'll, the dice will appear Ooh. on the screen. And they should do across. a Yahtzee, a Yahtzee one. Yeah. I love Yahtzee. Um, Rayman Legends Definitive Edition. Oh, which really? Will come out on Game everything. Of the year. But that's cool though. That's I mean that's that's where I'd want to play it. Uh, on Nintendo Switch, an exclusive Kung Foot experience offers a solo mode in tournaments for up to eight players. Ah, uh, that's like the soccer game, right? The Kung Foot yes, thing. Okay, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, the soccer mini game. Uh, THQ Nordic, which is what, what did THQ Nordic used to be? They bought the license. Well, it used to be Nordic. Yeah. Okay. It used to be Nordic became, games. That's right. And, and, and then that, they just that, put THQ in front of it. Yeah. Um, Cien Mora EX. I remember Cien Mora on the Vita. Okay. Um, which was um like a a diesel shoot 'em up. Uh, okay. Uh, that's coming uh, along with uh, Battle Chasers Night War, which is an RPG. Looks like a two D RPG. Yeah. Um, uh, Payday Two, which is showing up on the Switch, is coming out. All right, on this winter. That's cool. It's so cool that's... that it's cool that THQ are supporting them because they have a lot of interesting properties yeah. now. So it's it's cool. 
Uh, some other uh, some other games uh, here and there for it. Um, some 3DS stuff. Hey, Pikmin for the 3DS. Kirby's 25th anniversary for the 3DS. There's like a new RPG, like something Ocean uh, uh, that they just announced. I don't remember. I don't, Ever Ocean or something. I don't Ever remember. Oasis. Ever Oasis. Yes. Yeah. Uh, some support for, for the 3DS. Yeah. So they're continuing support for that as well. Mm-hmm. And a couple of new Amiibos. Uh, Joy-Cons now come in yellow. Mm-hmm. With, and battery packs. And battery packs for the Joy-Cons as well. And they're going to start selling those separate docks. Yes. Which the they... actual standalone dock, which they had already announced and had on their store, but they go on sale May 19th. Yeah. That'll look expensive. 90 bucks. They're, like 90, they're 90 bucks. Yeah. That, that thing is basically a USB hub. Yeah. <laughs> to plug your Switch into. I mean, the, the convenience of it might be nice, but yeah, totally. 90 bucks is a lot. 90 bucks is a lot for that thing. Uh, Yeah. And that's about that's about it. Um, cool. Speaking of battle chasers, I actually backed that on um, Kickstarter a while uh-huh. ago. Um, random fact: I think all of the um, backgrounds and the character design in that game are. Um, if you're a comic book fan, this name will mean something to you. They're all designed by Joe Medjuera. So, okay. Oh, okay. Yes, I know a game that is now. Okay, I remember. Yes. Yep. So and yeah, it I looks saw, really cool. I saw the art from it, and that makes a ton of sense. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it should look pretty at least. That's cool. That's very cool. Oh, and Bye Bye Box Boy for the 3DS is available now. I know that people love Box Boy. Oh, okay. Yeah, Box Boy. There's is also cool um, I think there's a free to play Kirby game come out for 3ds yeah they're doing they're doing a bunch of stuff for kirby because it's the 25th anniversary uh they didn't announce i don't know uh team kirby clash deluxe there's like yeah a kirby's blowout blast um but they said a new multiplayer action game in the kirby series is coming to nintendo 3ds this holiday so yeah it kind of looks the little clip they showed kind of looked a bit like um smash brothers cool yeah that's neat that's a neat thing all right. Um, so uh, <laughs> our friend Sam sent this question in, I don't know, three months ago, and we just have never done it. So we're going to do it now. And it's, it's apropos because the new Overwatch mode has just come out. So Overwatch is back in the news. So Sam asks, if you could add a character to Overwatch from any other game, movie, comic, etc., who would it be and what would their abilities be? For her, it would be Maz Kanata from The Force Awakens. <laughs> She would have a simple blaster and can, can't walk fast, but has telescopic vision. She has her special abilities and her ultimate as well. Uh, special abilities, infrared vision, and she can climb any surface for three seconds. And if she climbs a tank, she can ride around on their back and cover them. And her ultimate is she yells out Han Solo and all enemies are briefly stunned. <laughs> works. It works. And she keeps uh, asking where her boyfriend is. <laughs> uh, Hugh, you got a, a character you'd like to see in Overwatch from another property? Hmm... Um, I would kind of like to see, mm, kind of like, I don't know, it's a bit um, like an Iron Fist type thing where like maybe so with a bit more sort of like a melee based hmm. type thing. Okay. Um, where like, you know, they're just in your, in your face, um, Abilities wise, probably maybe with the ultimate, they sort of go for, you know, maybe there's some sort of you you just press triangle and they just start like punching furiously for like ten seconds or whatever. Um, I guarantee you, yeah. we see that eventually. Yeah, <laughs> that we would, will that see. Would like be... we will see another melee character in there for sure. Yeah, 
that would be pretty cool to yeah add a bit more depth to that side of it cool cool justin you got any ideas i got an idea okay i want bomb king <laughs> oh from paladins, <laughs> from paladins. <laughs> If she, when she wrote this question, I was like, I don't know. Like, I, 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 I could think of a ton of people I'd want to see in mm-hmm. it. But like an actual character that they should steal as Bomb King. <laughs> It'd be great. It would make me really happy. <laughs> Kelsey, you have any uh, other characters, other properties you'd like to see in Overwatch? Yeah. When we had first put this, I had put Thor. So I think it's oh. pretty fitting that I kept Thor would be him. good. Yeah. Yeah. Because be cool. okay, I thought about it all. So he's either an office... Offense or a tank, it depends. Depends what they decide. Um, but his hammer is like his basic moves would be like hitting or like sending little shocks. I think the shocks could be like a defensive mode, like you push them back a bit. But his ultimate would be like slamming it on the floor and everyone who's on the floor dies. That's it. They all die. Like Diva. All right. That's a good one. I was thinking for Thor, I mean, they could just literally rip off the moves from Smite. Because he has four moves in Smite, he has an ultimate like, and Thor is one of my favorite characters to play in Smite. I love putting up that wall. He like he, in Smite, he like he throws his hammer to the ground or hits the ground, and the ground pops up and creates a wall to trap people in. So like that's the best feeling of like your oh, teammate is chasing your teammates chasing this guy, and you're like oh, you're not going anywhere. And you just put the wall <laughs> up, and they just like run into the wall and they get stunned for a second. That's it's cool. The best. Oh, can you imagine people doubling that on May though? <laughs> that's true. Uh... That would be bad. Uh, I uh, my idea was Hellboy, because you've got like obviously a standard gun attack because he has he has a gun, um, and for his ultimate you've got like his like rage burst like I'm a big ass crazy demon like both horns are now grown and I am like super powerful I could end the world Hellboy. Sounds like it fit tremendously in Overwatch's lore. Yeah. Let me end the world with my <laughs> demon horns. I think you, or I, if you I, wanted like a crap character in it, you could have like a stormtrooper where like wherever you aim, that's not where you shoot. Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. So you have to kind of figure out your. <laughs> yeah, you have to allow your aiming for, by how yeah. wrong you aim, how you'll actually yeah. hit someone. And yeah. their their ultimate is you get like one shot that actually mm. hits. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> so basically, it's you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I was also thinking uh, RoboCop. That'd be cool. He would fit into the lore. Yeah, he's a man who's been turned into a machine. Speaking oh, of, I need to have some, need to have some badass like voice lines as well. Yes, you absolutely would. Dead or alive, t- you're coming with me. <laughs> we touched on it super briefly, but that Overwatch and during Hughes three minutes, mm-hmm. I didn't want to interrupt him. But that Overwatch PVE mode is unbelievably good. Mm-hmm. Um, really, is. It, that Junkenstein mode that they have used to you just stood against the wall and defended. But this is like they're actually sending you. At, it's seven years ago. It's like it's lore. So it's Tracer's first mission with Overwatch, and it's Tracer, Reinhardt, um, Mercy, Mercy, and, and Torb, and okay. uh, they're stopping a robot uprising. And so there's like you know, uh, Morrison is talking to them like you know, you know, protect the the newbie, and it's Tracer, and like the way that you go through the match. I mean, you have to go capture points, and then protect the payload, then escort the payload, then take down Bastions, like. It's involved, hmm. but they have the ability to just, if they wanted to keep doing stuff like this, like sprinkling cutscenes every now and again, or have like a char- another character show up and like have like actual lines of dialogue that you're chasing. Maybe you don't catch them, hmm. but like you'd be playing missions from their lore. And I think that would be tremendous. That'd be really cool. I bet you that's yeah. where they're going. That would be really Yeah, neat. there is. 
there is a really cool cutscene before you start it as well, which I really, really enjoyed. I didn't get to see so, yeah. it because everybody in my group, I was with randoms and they all tried to skip past it. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to make everybody wait for me. I'll see it eventually. But uh, yeah, it's really good. Nice. That's awesome. I got to get back in and play that. Uh, now that next now that I'm still playing a ton of Persona, so it doesn't really matter. Um, <laughs> speaking of Persona, though, Kelsey, your topic you brought to the table is tied into this. Uh, you want to you know, fill us in and, on what uh, you thought was interesting for this week? Yeah, I actually have their note that they had um, written open. Basically, they were just announcing that uh, Persona 5 is finally out in the West. They poured countless hours into making the game and that they know it means a lot to their fans. And then from that, they start talking about um, Persona 5 streaming and videos. And they write, simply put, we don't want the experience to be spoiled for people who haven't played the game. Our fans have waited years for the game to come out, and we really want to make sure that they can experience it fully as a totally new adventure. Please, please, please do not post any specific plot points or story spoilers, and only talk about the game in broad strokes. And essentially, if you stream past a certain point um, on YouTube, I think, and I think Twitch was included in it as well, basically a streaming service, uh, they can hit you hard with, um, legal like um, yeah, DMC DMC takedowns. Yeah, takedowns. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I just wanted to bring it up because I wanted to discuss like um, essentially how important are re- like revealing spoilers. Do you guys like look for them specifically? Do you agree? Kind of thing. I just wanted to bring up that sort of discussion. Yeah, I mean, I think that the Atlas rules about Persona are extremely outdated for a company, and it's a very Japanese-based company thing to do. Um, I think the I think the idea that like, oh, we don't want the game spoiled for people, so you can't stream it. You're, you're never gonna accidentally run into a Persona Five stream. You know, you're gonna you're gonna go you're gonna go out to look for it. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, and I think that it, it sort of ignores the reality of how games are um, promoted these days because it's so weird because most companies, they court and go after it's built, streamers. It's built into like, yeah, into, let's pick another story-based thing. Yeah. Telltale. Yeah. It's built into Batman for you to stream. Yeah. It's like, that's just the way the games are done now. Mm-hmm. To me, it's like, like you said, it's a very outdated thing. Yeah. And... um Atlas knows it. Yeah. I mean, Atlas US definitely knows Atlas it. Atlas US because they said our masters in Japan. <laughs> yes. Like ba- uh, paraphrasing, our masters in Japan said no. Mm-hmm. Like, come on. It's just like, it's a very backwards way of looking at um, where games media media is going right now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's how your game gets and out there. Yeah. Surely there were, you know, technology exists as such where if it was such a big deal in japan the like your ip address tells you like tells computers where you are so if somebody in japan's trying to access like an american stream of persona surely they could like block it or something if they if it was that big of a deal to them it's like you say that's that's a big part of how games get recognized these days for something like persona 5 okay it is like 
one of the more well-known JRPGs. But JRPGs are still, in Western terms anyway, like a fringe thing. And I know Persona 5 has been selling like crazy, but it's not going to be like one of the big sellers of the year, I'd imagine, compared to, you know, other AAA releases. So you've just got to think like, like Bobby says, you you don't you're not gonna go on um, Twitch and go, oh Zelda Breath of the Wild, oh, I've just spoiled the end of the game for myself. I'm so angry I wasn't expecting that. Like if you watch a stream, you, things are gonna get spoiled. Um, no, but exactly. Like what what stops them from me saying it right now? Nothing. Nothing. Absolutely yeah, nothing. Exactly. Yeah. It's not really about that. That's, yeah. that's the thing is they're hiding under the cover of we don't want you streaming our game because we think that nobody's going to go buy it. Yeah, that's is, exactly. That's that's the thing, but they can't come out and say that. Yeah. So they're saying like, well, we don't want spoilers for the game getting out there. The game has been out in Japan for six, seven months. Yeah. So if you really wanted to go spoil the game for yourself, you, I mean, Persona spoilers have been out there for months, mm-hmm. like before the American exactly. or the Western release. Yeah. Um. So like, this is all that is. And that's why it's such an outdated way of thinking. Because if it wasn't for seeing you know, preview coverage or a stream, people might not go buy Persona because it's not Call of Duty. It's yeah. not Skyrim. It's not Overwatch. Mm-hmm. It's it's a niche thing here. Yeah. So like the game should be on in 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 front as in front of as many eyeballs as it can. Yeah. And I think that like I can tell you anecdotally anecdotally the only reason I'm interested in Persona at all is because of the giant bomb endurance run of Persona 4. That's why I know about the game. They play, play the entire game on the internet. And it's the reason why I was interested. That's why I bought that game for the Vita. And it's why I was so excited to play this game. So I think that it's just a it's just a backwards way of thinking about this stuff. And I think that, look, it, it's, a, it's, it's their game. They have every right to do it. And that's not the issue here. They have every right to do whatever they want. It's their property. And if you're going to use a site like YouTube, you know, you have to, be wary of the fact that if these companies decide we don't want our game out there, they're going to take it down. Um, so you either have to host your own video or play by their rules. And, and so I think that that's that whatever the legalities of it or whatever. But the fact of the matter is like you're hurting yourself. That's that's the bottom line. You're hurting yourself. And I just think it's a very backwards way of thinking about it. So many games have have sold so much because people played them on streams at this point that it's just they're missing. Here's, they're a, missing great, out. here's a great example. Skate 3. Uh, I forget what streamer it was, but I mean, Skate 3 has been out for how long? Six, seven, eight years? Yeah, probably if not more than that. I don't and even know. some really popular streamer um, started playing it a couple nights a week or whatever, and it it all of a sudden picked up enough interest in like games being sold that it cracked like, what are they called, the NBD? Mm-hmm. Um, MPD. MPD, excuse mm-hmm. me. Like it charted mm-hmm. of copies sold out of nowhere because a streamer started playing it. So it, the idea that... Watching somebody else play the game is going to keep you from buying it. I mean, yeah, sure. There might be that, like, like there might be a small part of the population that does that. But for the most part, people are going to look at you playing a game and be like, you know what? I think I want to play this. Let me stop watching or continue watching and then go get the, go get the game myself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's a similar thing with um, PlayerUnknown's new, ga- uh, new game, Battlegrounds. Yeah. Like, they're, they're the ones who made DayZ. And apparently this game's already sold, like, they've already shipped double the units purely on, like, well, a big part of it, of that is the fact that there's been just, like, thousands and thousands of hours of people streaming it on Twitch. And um, people have just been buying it like mad. Like, I I 
bought it on Steam, but unfortunately my PC wasn't good enough to run it, <laughs> so I got a refund on it. Um, that's what I get for buying an all-in-one PC as opposed to a decent desktop. Um, but like I've actually noticed in Persona, there's actually some parts where you get a message in the top left-hand side of the screen where it um, says... Um, like um, screenshots disabled in this section or so. Or oh yeah, no, the whole fact. game is blocked. Persona, yeah, the whole, yeah. you, Persona, you can't use any of the in-game in PS4 streaming options. Yeah. you can't stream anything. You can't you can't share screenshots from it. Nothing. Like it, it's so, always like so that. So ridiculous. It, yeah. Um, it, you know, so that it's it's crazy. It's crazy. I, I honestly think they're gonna get to the point where maybe a few months down the line they're gonna patch it and remove those blocks because I I just don't see. I I don't see th- there's no there's no way it's gonna do them any harm with people streaming it. No, it, it can, won't. It cannot be counterproductive for them to have people stream it. It can only be beneficial. They'll figure that so out eventually. Just, it, They'll figure it out. I mean, and and, and and you know, they're just the Japanese companies have a different relationship with the internet than Western companies do. And you've you've only seen it recently. Nintendo has started to come around on this stuff. They started like releasing a lot of the like barely claws barely, but they've started releasing a little bit of it. Um, and, and so it's slow, it's slow to happen with companies that who, whose main base of operations is Japan, where the power center is in Japan. Here's an, a recent example. So Zelda has had two patches. Yeah. Both patches have say, uh, have only said, when you look at the patch notes, we've made, we've, we've made some changes to the game for a more pleasurable experience. Yeah. Or yeah, whatever. Yeah, so yeah. And the first one was fixing like a bunch of things. Yeah. The second one was nerfing things. <laughs> uh, you can no longer get the infinite arrow glitch and Wolf Link no longer had like 20 hearts unless you actually went through that dungeon in twilight princess oh, okay. and did it but they like people had to figure that out on their own mm-hmm. but they're not in the business of telling you anything yeah yeah I, that's, I, just the, that's the way they are i think they hate the fact they have to write any patch notes like even writing we made the experience better they probably hate it but they I have know, to they have like, to do anything this is the worst yeah <laughs> kelsey what, what do you think overall i just think like it's a bit um like they're undermining the community in a way because if i want to avoid spoilers i'll avoid spoilers i don't need them to place a limit on it like i'm not a child you know what i mean like I, there are children watching <laughs> they probably shouldn't but you know if i don't it's like if i don't want to see let's say um an ending to a game of thrones episode i'll avoid the internet i don't know like i just think it's such a dumb thing because people who want to avoid spoilers will avoid them themselves and the people who want to spoil stuff will just spoil it anyway yeah, so there's no yeah. they'll just look up plot descriptions or they'll listen to a podcast that that spoils the game or whatever it's just it, it, it's it's crazy to me and I, I, I mean you know we we don't make money we don't make our living off of doing game streams but I, but i'm sure some people before this game came out were planning on doing like pretty lengthy streams of it and you can still do some stuff that you can still probably play most of a couple dozen hours of it probably you can until a certain point yeah set the the day the the game is day based so it it goes through days of the week and i think it's july 7th is the last day that you can do now i've been playing it for 13 hours and i'm on may 4th or something so you know you're you're gonna get a probably good 30 hours out of it before you get to that point um but they also like they don't want you sharing major story stuff and there's no way to know when you're playing the game what a major story thing is coming up because the game sometimes will go from being like oh we're just doing normal ass like I'm walking around Tokyo 
you know, buying hamburgers and, and working and hitting, and hitting baseballs at the batting cage. And then all of a sudden you'll be in a major story thing without even realizing it. Um, and, and so that, that's a weird restriction to me. Yeah. It's just, it's a weird yeah, thing. It's a weird thing. Uh, but a very good topic, Kelsey. I think that was, that was a really good one to bring to the table, uh, for, for this discussion. Um, so, uh, I want to, I want to move right over to Hugh in this case. Um, mm-hmm. so Hugh, what, what did you want to talk about this week? Um, well, as I said in my lightning round, I've been getting back into Destiny and thoroughly enjoying it again. Um, and it kind of got me sort of looking at like the in-game systems and the in-game economies and stuff like that. And sort of thinking to myself, what I would like to see in Destiny 2 um, to sort of improve on what's in the first game. I mean, they have since like this game came out but i still think there's room for improvement there so my basic question to the group and i have a few ideas myself is what would you like to see in destiny 2 that would make the just basically like the quality of life as they call it these days in the game better for you Right. So Kelsey's obviously the expert on this. You should probably lead this conversation. She's put hundreds of hours into Destiny. Hundreds. Yeah. <laughs> I'm extremely devoted. You, you mock, but you're going to be there with us. You will be there with us. Yeah, I, know. Will I know. It will happen. Um, I mean, I have a lot to say about the quality of life stuff in Destiny. Uh, it's always been my major gripe with that game, I think. Um, I think it's most people, people who have gripes with the game, most of it is the quality of life stuff. But It's gotten so much better. Oh, it has. Totally. And I think there are things that they'll absolutely change. I, I think I think being able to do more stuff without going back to the social spaces would be a nice change. What social space in Destiny 2? It doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, but the, the social space that we, you know and have always gone to, the tower isn't there, but I'm sure there will be one. Um, but, you know, to be able to, like, um, uh, you know, uh, just, like, you know, cash in items or do whatever, you know, like... Um, would would be be able to complete quests and, and certain quests, you know, from your ship or something like that yeah. would be something good. Yeah, I mean, you could turn in bounties and stuff now. You can turn in bounties. But I'm saying, like, there are some days like where all you, yeah, quest based. All you have, oh, you all you have to do to, to go is talk this. All they say is like, oh, good job. Now here's the next part of your quest. That's yeah. all they do. There's nothing else involved. All, all games do that though. No, yes, I know. I, I I know quality of life for sure. The quality of life. That's all I'm saying. It's not. But it only makes it a big deal because Destiny has such long loading times sometimes that's like okay i just wanted to go back and turn this in and I, I i spent more time in a loading screen than i spent you know the other thing it's, it's quality of life thing just be able to turn those quests in and get the next if, if, if it's a major like thing where i need to i'm gonna see a cutscene or i have to do a story thing absolutely make me go back to the quest giver but if i just am just turning in to get the next stage of this go kill this many enemies thing that i want that pretty badly yeah, yeah. i mean that Quality of life, sure. Why yeah. not? Yeah, exactly. And that's what he's asking, quality of life stuff. What about you, Justin? Yeah, I don't know. When I first read Hugh's question, it was like, what do I want to see in Destiny 2? I was like, hang on, let me get out my lists. And I, <laughs> as I roll down this parchment that's as long as a table. Um, as, as far as like quality of life stuff, I, I, I think because I've been there from the beginning. Right. Uh, I went back and I played some, and I almost got pulled back in. <laughs> I almost did. Um, but some of the guys in my group were like very intent on playing and like I wasn't at the right light level. Mm -hmm. Um, But I will say I think leveling up near end game stuff just needs to go a little bit quicker. Yeah. It's fine now. Like when they boost you, Mm -hmm. um, so say like the previous light level was like 370. Yeah. 
when you're at like 360, it takes a while to get up there. A lot of playing. Um, but now that it's 400, well, I went from like 370 to 380 something over, oh, like almost overnight. Yeah. And like that's much more enjoyable than sitting there and grinding. Like the amount of time I got 11 levels, it might have, I might have gotten four. Right. And they've gotten way better about kind of giving you what you need to do to get your light level higher than it used to be. But it's still, it, if you need to be at 380 light or whatever, there should be a clearer path to get there rather than like, if you do this, you'll probably get something that yeah. will help you get there. I will say the one thing that they really need to fix, uh, for me at least, um, I don't really have a big problem with their UI in general, mm -hmm. um, but I think that their quest log oh, yeah. is nightmare sauce. Oh yeah, because it's always like, if you haven't played Destiny in a couple months, you come back and you're like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what all this <laughs> stuff is. everywhere. <laughs> but especially that quest log page yeah. where it's right now, it, um, you get your faction reps all the top. Great to see that. Mm -hmm. But you have like pages of like four on a page, like quests going yes. on. And yeah, it's like, yeah. all right, well, I complete. It's like you completed this randomly. Like you mm -hmm. did this thing. And it's like, I don't know which one this went to. Right, yeah. <laughs> so they need to just make that a little bit more streamlined. Like, a weird aside is like in Mass Effect, your quests pages are a mess. Yeah. And it take it took me twenty hours to get a good firm handle on where I need to go to see what quest I'm on or what quest I want to do. Yeah. And Destiny is a lot of the same thing. Yeah, I, so I they agree. So they need to clean that stuff up. I think also streamlining like the the way you figure out which is the next mission you should be doing. Like that goes to the quest log thing as well. But like when you look I I, I love the artistic nature of those maps that they have. I think they're so they're beautiful and really cool. But sometimes I'm like, I, I which, which one am I supposed to do right now? Like I, 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 if there's more than one thing blinking, I'm just like, is this something, you know, so that, that's something that I think they could streamline as well. And just something I would like to see is I would like to see a raid in like the mid game, like in halfway up the, the ladder. So that way people who never get to that point, the high point, like they have, they can get to see some of that very cool yeah. content they put in those raids, or just obviously bring more of that content to the whole game instead of just putting it in the raids. But if you just want to keep that really cool stuff for the raids, put a raid like in the middle. Like if if level cap is forty, put one at level twenty that you can get into. You well, know, the problem with that is like it's not about hitting the level cap that was the problem. It was about grouping people together. Well, yeah, I know, but but it's it, but again, it'll be it'll make that easier as well because more people are likely to get to level twenty. Like to get level forty, yeah. you know. So you probably have friends who play the game for ten or fifteen hours, you know, or, or or you know, or twenty hours. Give them something to do so that they can go like, oh, I saw this really cool thing. I, I feel good about it. Um, like World of Warcraft does that. You know, they they have raids for all sets of levels. So I think that would be a cool thing. Hugh, you brought this question to the table. What are the things that you were thinking of? Yeah, I mean, I think the big one for me is probably just sort of like streamlining the in-game economy because there's so many different. <laughs> currencies and materials you can exchange and so on and so forth and Even i just now, think they need yes yeah and Before i just think and I, <laughs> yeah and it's just like it's gone through and i th I think it's it'll probably be smoothed over in destiny 2 but i think with you know you ended up with like all the radiant materials and stuff like that and i think as the game sort of evolved it ended up leaving all that stuff behind so you end up with it sat there and you're just like i don't know what i'm doing with this shit now oh yeah I mean, um, like for, for some of that stuff they did come up with like hey if you have what was it i think it was radiant material and there, there was things you got from the first raid it was like 
You can go turn that into the speaker and get motes of light. Well, what do you use motes of light? They have so many different yeah, currencies yes. in that game. Yeah. And when you got the handle on it, yeah. you're fine. Mm-hmm. But when you're coming into it, you like same thing. Like throw a pen up in the air, yeah, yeah. punch the TV. Yeah. Like yeah. I don't understand what's happening. Because I'm just like, it's like earlier on, I was just like, right, I need this much glimmer so I can go and buy armor materials. Um, so I go and buy armor materials and so I can upgrade this. Um, I've... I can go to um, the faction people and I can spend my motes of light to up my faction reputation. And you're just sort of bouncing, like Bobby said, you're bouncing around all over the place. And I just think streamlining that would make the, just smooth over the experience of playing it um, that bit better. And I've, you know, I think sort of, Layering it on as you're going through is is fine, but I would imagine for um for people who sort of came into Destiny around sort of like the midpoint of its life cycle, and I can imagine the in-game economy was confusing as fuck. Um, and the other, I think the other thing I'd kind of like to see um is um maybe sort of like a broader range of classes. Like one thing I was thinking of maybe if there was some sort of like um, like a support class, kind of like a like a healer or someone who can like buff people and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So a bit more sort of range to the classes as opposed to just being sort of like you can attack this hard with a hammer, you can shoot a bow, and just being sort of like um, you know outwardly like offensive stuff. Maybe like a character who whose you. focus isn't so much what. We're talking about things we want in Destiny 2. Do you want me to get out the parchment? Because I, I got that whole list, and we got a couple of months to go, and we are going to have that talk. I will say for one, yeah. one more thing about quality of life yeah. that I think would be really good. I mean, Destiny is not about having one character. It's about having three. And it was such a pain in the ass to switch between characters, and it's like, well, I have the vision of confluence on my hunter, but I'm playing as my titan right now. That people actually created apps to manage your weapons. Right. They should just make that easier in game. Yeah, like totally. you go back to the tower, whatever the stand-in for your social space mm. is this time, and there should just be like a console that you could walk up to, show me everything I own yeah. across all characters, and just be able to move stuff around. Like it shouldn't be outsourced to a secondary device. Yeah. Oh, and I will say this: I, I, I they sh- you should be able to send and gift items to other players i feel like oh that's opening up a whole it was so good in diablo it's so good in diablo it's so it's it's like like the best oh then you're opening up like an out out, an outside game economy like i have the gallahorn no big deal just 50 bucks (laughs) well that's that i mean that's black market shit they'd have to yeah they could be in game but they could just avoid all that by keeping it out yeah but it's but in game i would have bought the gallahorn for 50 bucks (laughs) because i was the only one without it that's your problem that's no one else's problem (laughs) it only took me me like 300 hours to get it okay um uh justin do you want to read the next question from samuel moon i do i just have to find it it's all right and I, we have another question that's on that list that's, that came in via email. Ah, okay. Sam writes, hello, gamers. I've been thinking about getting or building a gaming PC for a while now. Where do I start? Do you have any recommendations for video card or PCs? Thanks for the great shows. All right. Let me look up Eric's number, and I'll share it publicly on, on here. Um, <laughs> so, obviously, it's a 1080. 
Oh uh, yeah, 1080, which is like or, or a Titan, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. a nice seven hundred dollar video card. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. Uh, no, no, no. I mean, if you look, we early, I don't know what episode that was. It was pretty early on in the run a couple of years ago. We did a, I we did building a PC show, and a lot of the concepts that we talked about then still apply now. But um, for for me, what I would say is figure out what you want it for. Like if if you need to be like. I want everything to run at 4K, 60 frames a second. Then you're gonna look. You're gonna look at spending a, quite a bit of money. But if you want things to run at 1080, 60 frames, run, be able to run everything, you can probably get a pretty good PC for 700, 700 bucks probably if you build it yourself, um, which is what I did. Uh, you know the the I have the 1060, which was which is probably comparable to which is a NVIDIA 1060, I should say, which is pretty comparable to like the 970 or 980 of their, their previous kind of generation of, of video cards. It's a really good video card and it's pretty cheap. You can get it for like um, 300 bucks, I'd say, and maybe less than that. Um, and, and the video card and your CPU are going to be the biggest expenses uh, for you most likely. Um, you want to use PC Part Picker for one thing. If you go on PC Part Picker, which is an awesome website, uh, you can literally go on their forums and be like, hey, I want to build a gaming PC that can run this at this, and I'm, my budget's this. And then the people on those forums will be like, here's a part list, and, and you, you can make it. Um, but with a CPU, you probably want to go like uh, Intel i5 or Intel i7. i7 is, is the best one. Um, they're going to probably come out new ones soon, so uh, a lot of those older models are going to go down in price. But I have an i5, and I really don't have any problems running anything. Yeah, it all depends on what you're looking for. Yeah, I can't. If you want to run VR, you're going to need a, a, a decently beefy PC. It's not. It's not ridiculous. You can make it happen for probably eight hundred nine eight hundred nine hundred dollars. But like, um, like I have a Intel i5. I've got a ten sixty. Um, I've got eight gigs of RAM. Um, and you know the other stuff. I mean, I can I can put up the parts list that I, that I have right now, in 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 my rig, and I can run pretty much everything. Like I can run The Witcher. With everything on ultra except for I can't have the hair physics on because it just destroys my computer for whatever reason. I don't know hair. what it is. Go figure. I don't know. It might be the CPU. I have no idea. Um, and I could use I could do like um, the the Vive. I could do Vive games. I ran the test and it said I was good to do the Vive games. Uh, and I've I've never had any problems with it. I, I love it. Um, but I would look video card and CPU are going to be your two main things. Um, Everything else is going to be pretty cheap. Case is pretty cheap. Power supply is pretty cheap. Motherboard's pretty cheap. Um, RAM is extremely cheap. Uh, hard drives. Hard drives are extremely cheap. I would go with an SSD. Yeah. It's just better. I mean, the best thing to do is get an uh, like a SSD, probably like a 128 or 256, to run whatever you're currently like playing on, and then get like a terabyte regular hard drive for. You get two space. terabyte hard drives for like a hundred bucks. Right. Yeah. Less uh, probably. Less now. probably now. Um, also, and Windows is going to cost you like 90, 80 bucks, which is still ridiculous to me. Um, but it, it, there's plenty of places to start, and using those websites is great. That's how I kind of started. Uh, Justin's friend, Eric, like really, really helped me. I basically said, this is what I'm looking for, and he built a parts list for me, and that thing is run. I've had it for almost three years now, and it's like amazing. Like it, it's I, Only thing I upgraded is a video card, and it, everything else just still runs great. But basically, yeah. I mean, you just if you just type in like on, on that website or even in Google, like I'm looking for a PC to play VR games, or I'm looking for a – you know, a budget PC. It's all about what you're looking for. If you're looking for the high-end stuff, like you just type that stuff in, like looking for high-end, VR, budget, mid-range, you will find websites and you could, you know, um, compare and uh, compare them and you'll find what you're looking for. I would say, unless you have a big, um, 
you're very adverse to messing around with electronics, I would say definitely build it because you it's can get hard. you can get it's not hard. I did it. I've never built anything in my life electronically. It's not hard. Um, just there's plenty of like like uh, videos that walk you through everything. Uh, for the most part, it's super simple. There's a couple things that are like a little complicated, but the most complicated thing you do is is cable management inside the the, the tower. Um, you can get so much more for so much less if you build it yourself. If you want to buy something comparable, you're probably looking at an extra two, three hundred dollars if you want the same thing built. Yeah, I mean, I, work, I have my hands inside PCs all day long. Yeah. So he doesn't know anything about technology. I know. <laughs> Software, like the whole, like I've never gotten to PC gaming since I've, like, and I've said this a thousand times, like I hate dealing with drivers. Yeah. But as far as like assembling a PC, anybody could do it. Yeah. All you need is a screwdriver and an ounce of common sense. Mm. You just pretty much line up where things go. You plug them in. You, you just be like, all right, here's some wires. How do I make this neat? Yeah. It's a piece of cake. And dealing with anything, um, and drivers now with Steam, it's like nothing. Like yeah. it, it does it all itself. So yeah. it, you really have to do, not do much. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much where I'd say to start. If you have any, any other specific questions, feel free to email us uh, or send us a message on Twitter and we'll try to answer more specifically. But that's a, a good place to start, I, I think. Um, and these graphics cards are like always going on sale. They're always going on sale. And do not think you need to buy the newest most expensive model because most of the time the power that's going to give you you don't need because you're never going to use it um especially if you're not running off a 4k monitor or 4k tv if you're running 1080p you can run everything amazingly for a fraction of the cost um so i hope that that, helped, that answered your question sam um let's go on to uh, next just let's go to, we're talking about specs we're talking about hardware so let's go let's go to you let's talk about the scorpio a little bit here microsoft announced announced uh, they partnered with Eurogamer and Digital Foundry to really like get out there and talk about the Scorpio, which they had previously announced at last E3. Yes, yeah, it yeah, was yeah, last yeah, E3. Yeah. Um, and the Digital Foundry just pr pretty much put up a couple of articles and videos talking about um, what they got their hands on. They got their hands on one of the the not the final builds, uh, but they have like a, a pretty good idea of what the final build is going to be. But they were working with one of the dev kits and they got their hands on it. Um, and so in digital, what digital, digital foundry is known for is digging very hard into the specs, mm. which we are not experts at. No, as you just heard, <laughs> um, the long and short of the Scorpio is that it is going to be the most powerful gaming console by a wide margin. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, for it sure. It's going to, it, it is way, way more powerful than the pro, um, the pro upscales to 4k it digital foundry was saying that they saw a forza uh tech demo running at 64k using only 70 percent of the gpu mm -hmm. which gives it more room to play with like mm -hmm. more power to play with it's not maxing it out um they said that they've had to guess it'd be like starting at 499 or, or around the price of 500 yeah um it's a premium product mm -hmm. for people who want premium products um it does sound incredibly cool um, but my question to everybody, or my, my thought is the Xbox brands, uh, as, for us. And I think in general has been not floundering, but it is not in a strong place right now. I think that's safe to say. Um, I barely turned my machine on Bobby. You don't No, I don't, I turn, I turned on to go like, Oh, I got to down or download the Xbox games with gold. Hugh, I forgot. Do you have an Xbox? No, no. And Kelsey, you don't, right? She shakes her head. No. <laughs> Um, so I love, I love powerful machines. Mm -hmm. I have a pro, I will probably get a Scorpio, but the thing is what would bring other people into the mix? Like what would Xbox have to do to make Hugh and Kelsey 
decide to go get a Scorpio uh, or Bobby to, you know, to not play the games on PC. Mm-hmm. Because Xbox is, a lot of their focus right now is, hey, you can play our games anywhere. You could play them on PC. So for Bobby to go buy a, a Scorpio, like, what would it take? For me, it starts and ends with games. Like, right now, none of their games are really hitting the mark for me. Um, right. Gears of War is was, was fine, and Forza, I think Forza Horizon was great. But since then, what's come out? Nothing. Yeah. Uh, Halo Wars Two. Halo Wars Two. Yes. Which was fine, from what I've heard. Yeah. Um, like they need to just roll out with games, and I, I think that that would be a safe answer for everybody. Yeah, I mean, I'm I've always been a pretty big fan of the Xbox slate of games and and what their systems do. I had an original Xbox. I loved the 360. It's one of my favorite consoles of all time. Um. I bought an Xbox One because I just always liked their games, and I was I was hoping that I would see more of what they brought in the previous generation. And this generation, look, there's been good stuff. I, I think Gears of War Four was was good, you know, and I I had fun with it. I I liked Halo Five. Like I, I don't have any hate towards that game, but it also doesn't stick with me whatsoever. Sunset Overdrive is a, is a tremendous game to me. Yeah, like, so I think that was an amazing game. Sunset Overdrive is 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 a great game. Um, they've had some like digital stuff that's been good. Like they've had some cool ideas and, and tries at stuff. Like Recore is part of a good game. Um, they they can't, but a lot of stuff that we're supposed to come out of the pipeline has either kind of been shoved away or has been canceled and or forever delayed. Forever delayed, and they haven't brought like a new franchise to bear that is there, like that they internally developed. Right, even Sunset Overdrive is an Insomniac game, which obviously they own the publishing rights to, but Insomniac is a third party developer. Um, and I just don't think, hey, here's Gears of War looking even prettier is enough anymore. It's not. Those games just don't have the staying power they, they once did. Halo, while it's still a gigantic franchise, it is not one of those big dogs anymore. It's just not. Like, it's not, one of, it's not, it has fallen so far behind the other big shooters like Battlefield and Call of Duty and even Overwatch at, at, at this point that I, I don't feel like that multiplayer is a place where people you know, cling to anymore. It, we, we, no longer li- we no longer live in a world where Halo multiplayer is hands down the best multiplayer. You know, it's, and we haven't for a long time. Yes, we haven't for a long time. But for a while, it, it, it still was very popular. Yeah. Because it still was a very quality game. And I'm not saying that Halo 5 wasn't, but they've lost that, that fire when those things. And because they've just been around for a long time. Look, at a certain point after, you know, 13, 14, 15 years of a franchise, which has had seven games or whatever, you just... The, the the spark is not going to be there anymore. It's just not going to be there anymore. And, and so they need games. And that's the thing for me. Like, if you're asking me for me, what is the thing that could get me to buy an, a Scorpio? Um, it would have to be an extremely low price point. It has to be able to outperform whatever I have on PC. So that's, that's not going to happen. Right, exactly. So for me, it's like, if, if the Scorpio is going to cost $500, let's say, I'd rather put that $500 into my PC and make it that much better, um, buy a new video card, buy a new CPU, whatever it might be. And then... And, and, and do that to my PC since I can play all those games there anyway. Um, and that's fine. Like, I, I don't think that's a, a bad thing. Some people just want a box they can put underneath their TV that rocks. And, like, this probably for them, but I don't know. It's like a subset of a subset of an audience. And I think that, look, it could blow us away and I could be like, oh, my God, I need this. Um, if it can do VR awesomely, you know, and in a really convenient way. Yeah, that could be a, that, that could be a big thing. That's something for me as well. But I don't have a 4K TV. I'm not in the market to upgrade my TV anytime soon, you know, unless something happens to my television. Like, I, I'm probably not going to upgrade it anytime soon. So 
it just does not it does not have a big draw for me this particular thing and i just I, and i think too that people who love like are have a ps4 and are just loving it like i don't think this thing's more powerful is is the thing that's going to draw them away f from that i don't know i mean Hugh and Kelsey are both those people, right? So, Kelsey, is there anything Xbox could do to make you want to buy their new box? Uh, yeah, first explain what a teraflop is. <laughs> uh, I have no idea. It's a really <laughs> scary flop. Yeah. <laughs> well, to, to, to give you, a, to give you a, I guess, a meter, I, I think that the PS4, like, it's, it's just a meter for power. It's like the new yeah. thing they're using. It's like the new bits, right? So, they want, they want, they want like a... Um, easy number they can convey that says like this thing is more powerful than the thing before it, you know. So like, I, I, what is it? Six teraflops for the Xbox? Yeah. Xbox Scorpio and yeah. what is PS4 is like one point nine or two. Two, I think. Two or something like that. So it's roughly it's like it's three times as powerful as your PS4. It's not actually three times as powerful, but like it can push a lot more power out of it. It just means it's a much more powerful but, box. But that's it. It's like I feel like that's what they're they're focusing on when it comes to their their mar like uh, their marketing i guess you could call it mm -hmm. they're focusing a lot on like the technology technological part of it but, like when i bought a ps4 i wasn't looking at the teraflops i didn't even know what a teraflop was until this week mm -hmm. i didn't even know it existed <laughs> i <laughs> i bought a ps4 because of the games mm -hmm. i like the games i like sony as a company as well i think they just I think they just market themselves better than Microsoft does. That's re that to be fair, that is recent though. Yeah, yeah but if it's but the PS4 era, it yeah. absolutely yeah. is. Yeah. yeah, it's absolutely true they, though. They the made PS4 a lot era. of mistakes during the PlayStation Three life cycle. That yes. kind of yes. you know, and it's kind of I think it's just flipped the other way now. Oh, it absolutely like, has. It absolutely has. It's it's amazing to me that like these companies don't learn from each other. Like yeah. the one is in in the lead and is super cocky about it and and falls and then the other one the scrappy little one comes up and like if you call Microsoft the little one but the one the new one to the space right comes in and takes that audience away from them and then makes the same exact mistake almost to like the letter of what of what the last company did wrong both of them had like shitty like money things at their press conferences one said oh we have a system for people who don't have internet connection it's called an xbox 360 and in the ps3 era they're like oh we have a system for people who can't afford 600 it's called a ps2 or whatever and you better get a second job if you want this like cocky bullshit and, and then the, 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 they just don't learn they never learn yeah so it would be games for you right kelsey that's what would bring you into it yeah yeah bring more games other than halo what like yeah <laughs> I don't know. No, it's, yes. it's absolutely, it's ab absolutely, it's an absolutely good good point. I mean, they 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 don't bring anything to the table in that in that sense, or they do something that's really outside of the norm. Yeah, like um, Windows Ten and Micro and Xbox are test running right now, are starting to test run the fact that uh, what Steam is doing. If you play a game for two hours and you don't like it, you could refund it. Yeah, which is uh, awesome. Which is great. Yes, like, on a console, that is a first. Yes, on console, uh, that's definitely a first. Uh, and so, like, that's what I need to see from them. I need to see them go like really outside of their wheelhouse. Like, Jason Schreier of Kotaku said, and this is going back like maybe like five six weeks, but he just he said they should find a way to get Steam on this thing. Mm -hmm. So you could like, hey, you th this could be a living room PC. You create a Steam account. You it, it is just a PC with the Xbox branding on it. Right. And you can access your Steam library. You could create a, a Steam account and then 
access Steam and play all those games there. Mm-hmm. And like that, that like something along those lines, would that ever happen? No, that's like pie in the sky. Yeah. But like something crazy like that, like yeah. they could do to make themselves stand out from Sony because they're never going to get the Japanese support that Sony's getting. Yeah. Like the last four months of PlayStation have just been like nonstop Japan kicking ass. Yeah. That's never going to happen for Microsoft. Mm-hmm. So they have to do something bigger or yeah. crazy to get the attention. Mm-hmm. And like their backs are against the wall. So I'm watching. Yeah. And I think that during E3, if they have a slate of games to show, it's going to be really interesting to watch. Yeah, totally. Because if they come out with just more Gears and Halo, I got no faith in this thing. But if they come out and be like, surprise, mm-hmm. here are like four games you didn't know existed, well, they got my attention again. Yeah. Or we, 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 you know, we secured these third-party games or whatever for, for that stuff could do it as well. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. He, what about you? Is there anything that's going to make you want to buy this this Xbox Scorpio? Uh, if the answer is no, that's also okay. It, it Actually, it wouldn't be that much power to me right now with what I've got to complement. It just wouldn't be any use to me because like you say, Bobby, I don't, I don't have a 4K TV... I'm not in a rush to upgrade to that because it's still that's still a very niche thing. Mm-hmm. So to me, right now, throwing out something that's just like this is really powerful um, and can show things in a shinier way than normal, it just seems to me just like completely wide of the mark in terms of what their um, issue is in terms of uh, an ISP. Um, so, yeah, it, like, console gaming for me should always be just about, you've got one unit, you throw a disc in it, or you download it, it works straight away, you don't have to worry about compatibility issues, so on and so forth, because there were some people disappointed, um, when this was released that it, it's not upgradable and stuff like that, and I was just thinking, I, that to me just seems like a dangerous route to go down because developers are always gonna wanna try and push every you know a console to its limits and make their games look the best they can so if you've got a console where there's people who buy the you know off the shelf version and then you've got people say a few years down the line who are putting in new graphics cards extra ram so on and so forth um, what's to say that the people with the just bog standard version then end up with games that their console can't run? And I just think that's a bit of a obviously that that is yeah, a which is why they never do that. They yeah. they never yeah. do that. And also, the, the thing isn't built like a PC. You know, it, it, it's if you if you read that article, it's all custom. Everything is custom to take advantage of the fact that it is a console that runs underneath your television. So, yeah. it, it, it's it's almost like how complicated Macs are inside of them because they're everything is tied together into one sort of cohesive you know motherboard like sits on a chip thing like that's what's inside the xbox one so it, it wouldn't be upgradable in that way anyway another thing to keep yeah. your eye on and you briefly mentioned it is um microsoft's backs against the wall mm-hmm. and in some way so is oculus mm-hmm. and they have a relationship together they do like vr hasn't taken off in the way that people have have hoped it's doing fine yeah but it's not becoming like that next thing that like i have to own because mm-hmm. a it's hard for people to get their hands on it and it's very expensive. It's, it's expensive. Yeah. Even though Oculus has dropped the price. Yeah, but it's still, uh, it's six, still 600 bucks or whatever it is now. It's like five now. Or whatever it is now. Whatever it's it is still, now. But it's, it's still yeah. expensive. I'd be really interested to see if they really, if they, during E3, they were like, by the way, this is completely compatible with Oculus and 
we can get it to you like we maybe we can get we can get we can box the Oculus with it for the same price as a, as a, a PlayStation VR. Yeah. Like and like this will run better than PlayStation VR and like this is the place to play VR and see if they can like swing that. That's definitely something that would have me interested in it, you yeah. know. Um That's what get me interested in it. Yeah. But other than that, for me, it's just it's gonna be. And the thing is, like, but this isn't even true for me because no matter what games they announce, they're gonna put them on the PC because that's what they're doing now. Yeah. So I'm just gonna play them on the PC. But the, I'm saying that I don't say that as a bad thing because I like that Microsoft is doing that. Microsoft is saying like, we don't care where you play our games, just play our games. I wish Sony did the same thing. M- me too. Like, I would love. To, I would love to get a. I'm the type of guy that would build like a $2,000 PC. I, yeah. would, I would just do it, but like I am so weirdly entranced. It is my curse that <laughs> I, into the PlayStation ecosystem and the trophies and like yeah. all of that stuff. Like I would, I can't let go of it. Mm-hmm. But if, if I could play PlayStation games on a PC and continue to do that stuff and just have it look fantastic, mm-hmm. I would definitely do that. Yeah. But we'll see. I mean, E3 is only a couple months away. It's true. And it's a, like for me, like this is a make or break one for Microsoft. Absolutely. Uh, so it's going to be super exciting to watch. I will say this: the one thing I do like about what they said here, which was always my thing with the PS Pro when they were they were talking about it, and my, always my question about it, and they're never clear. They have said that on the Scorpio, if you have a 4K TV or if you have a 1080p TV, you can run the games in any of the modes. Like you can you can decide you want it at 4K resolution at 30 frames a second, and it will just take like the awesome 4K image and down res it to 1080p, which makes it look better Great. more fidelity or you can say i wanted to run a 1080p 60 and then you get the performance out of it which that was always my thing which i think is great i mean because that honestly the the performance aspect of it is much more important to me than the resolution that's pushing um i just want it to run smoothly that's all i want so um and to load faster and all that kind of stuff that's always the stuff i want more uh let's do one more listener question and then i was going to talk about japanese rpgs but we can save that because i'm gonna be playing persona for a good long while, so we can get into that another time. Okay. Um, this question comes in from Rebecca, and she says, Sorry, this is a few weeks late. In one of your podcasts a few weeks ago, Bobby and Justin were recommending Night in the Woods, and Justin was asking about the person who wrote in a few months ago about needing some indie games with good stories. Yes, that was me, Rebecca. You would ask whoever it was to email and let you know, but I never wrote in because that's just the kind of person I am. Really, though, <laughs> I went on vacation a few weeks ago and was, was catching up on podcasting and also wanted to play Night in the Woods. I've also bought Oxen Free and we'll play that soon. I really enjoyed Night in the Woods. Thanks so much for the recommendation. It did have a great story and had some very dark elements to it that I wasn't expecting, which leads me to my question. Over the past few years, games have skewed heavily towards having very dark, depressing, or serious storylines, with the exception of Nintendo. I think Ratchet & Clank is the only game in recent years that I've played that has been silly and lighthearted all the way through. Are you enjoying this trend of serious stories? Why do you think games have been trending towards these kind of stories lately? As always, thanks for the podcast. Sincerely, Rebecca. Thank you for writing in, Rebecca. Yes. Once you said your name, I was like, "That's it." Yeah. I mean, Bobby, Bobby just sprung this question on us now. Yeah. Yeah. This wasn't in the in the post. Yeah. But once once you said Rebecca, yeah, I remembered yeah. who it was. <laughs> um, can I take this one first? Yeah, absolutely. Right. Uh, I think that the recent trend of games being serious is because for the first time in its thirty year history or whatever, um, video games are able to to tell a story, mm-hmm. and that developers are. Um, figuring out a way to make this art form um, something that can that can give you an experience that books and movies can't. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't think it'll be this way forever, but I do think it's like, you know, Night in the Woods, it's like, let me tell this story. Let me tell this, like, depressing but very real-feeling story in a way that you're not expecting us to by using these, like, cartoonish-looking animals, but it still gives you a little bit of both. It gives you the ability to have, like, 
the whimsical, which is the conversations, but also there's like a deeper thing there. Mm-hmm. Um, things like The Last of Us, like they couldn't achieve that 30 years ago, like right. or 20 years ago, 15 years ago. That stuff wasn't there. Um, so like, yeah, I do, I do think that we're getting a lot of that right now. But I think we're also seeing a renaissance in some of the more lighthearted games. Like Nintendo mm-hmm. is always going to do lighthearted, mm-hmm. right? But we're seeing games like Kelsey's playing ukulele. Like, that's a return to a Banjo-Kazooie-type yeah. game. Snake Pass is wildly popular right now. It's another fun, colorful game. Ratchet and Clank, she mentioned that. Like, I, I think that we're starting to see a trend going back the other way. Like, I think we're seeing the very beginning of it. Um, the Lego games have always been whimsical and lighthearted. Mm-hmm. But I, I, as, as developers are trying to get more kids into gaming, because we grew up on gaming, mm-hmm. because it was the thing, right? Consoles, right. like, that was the thing. Kids now are like, well, why would I play on a PlayStation when I could just play on my iPhone? Mm -hmm. So we're starting to see more of those type of lighthearted things come out. And I think eventually we'll we'll strike a balance. Or some years it may be real heavy with the serious stuff, and some years we may get lighter stuff. But I think that's the the original question that you asked is like, why? Mm -hmm. This is why. is because for the first time where developers are able to tell the stories they want to cohesively and with like conviction. Yeah, and I I think that obviously when – People who want to be taken seriously in artistic endeavors automatically go towards I'm going to do something serious and dark because that's what people are going to how people are going to sort of take us seriously as a, as a medium. Let us tell these mature and complicated stories because this medium is known for telling surface level like power fantasy stories. Um, I, I think that you know aesthetics and tone are 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 one thing as far as like colorful platformers, but the truth is it's it's always been really difficult to do funny things in games you know it's always been difficult like humor in games is is tough unless you're really guiding the experience because comedy is based on timing and when you don't have control of the timing you can lose a lot of jokes now there's been games like undertale that came out a couple of years ago Uh, you mentioned night in the woods has a lot of uh really good laugh moments like some really funny moments and there's you know games like portal and stuff like that are are huge on, on on comedy but they all have sort of serious and more dark storytelling going on around them uh I, I think if you look at the adventure game space you see a little bit of more lightheartedness about it they just released uh i guess this old game but full throttle which is an old adventure game you look at all those old adventure games um you know day of the tentacle and stuff like that um but you look at the modern version of it, broken age even is is you know pretty serious game yeah. um but the new game simply park that just came out like it looks like it's a pretty like silly ass story-based game um, so yeah, I think it's because people want to be taken seriously, and I think that it's easier to tell dramatic stories than it is to tell funny stories. Uh, what do you think, Kelsey? You're, I mean, one of your favorite games last year was the saddest game ever made, so what, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I do like fun indie games. I know I only play sad ones, but um, one of my favorite games is Super Meat Boy. I love that game. Uh, I probably played it every day at one point. <laughs> Super Meat Boy is about as violent as a game gets. Yeah. But it's funny. <laughs> it is funny. That's it true. Funny. Yes. I'm a millennial. I've been conditioned to violence, okay? <laughs> Damn millennials. Bez? I think we fit into that category. Yeah, I think we do too. <laughs> no, I've Googled it. You don't. Oh, jeez. Sorry, Kelsey. Jeez. I thought we were right on the outside. <laughs> yeah, I old guys. guys. Yeah. I think I fit in that category. I think I'm right on the outside cusp. No, I think I'm no, the, I, we're both guys, on the... I think you guys... I'm Googling it. I think you okay. guys are generation. Well, yeah. You, you, keep, ta- you yeah, keep, keep talking, talking, Kelsey. I'll Google it, okay? And uh, even Fez. I don't know if you guys played that yes. game. Yes, totally, yes. I played Fez. Oh, my gosh. A really good game with a like a hidden story. 
I don't know mm-hmm. if you quite understand what I'm saying, but it's like if you pay attention, you'll start to put the pieces together. Yeah. And I think, Rebecca, if you really want um, a fun game that's lighthearted and has a good story, I would really recommend Fez. I think that one is super good. Definitely worth the hours that you will put in. Okay, I just want to let you know, Justin and I are millennials. That's right. We're well, probably well, because what? of it, aren't we? <laughs> we are millennials. It's like a 15-year like group of birth years. <laughs> Bobby and I are both going gray, yes. but we are millennials. We are millennials. But what, what's the earliest you can get to be a millennial? Um, it says, can this is weird now. Hold on a second. Um, now I'm an urban dictionary and it's all over the place, so I don't know. Uh, on Wikipedia, it said basically anywhere between like born in the 80s to born in the mid 90s was what it said. All right, cool. I was yeah. 81, so yeah, I'll, I'll count myself in. <laughs> Oh, so we're all millennials. We're all millennials. Yeah, that's what, according to it. I don't know. Yeah, take that, young person. Yeah. <laughs> Though it does feel weird that we're considering the same generation of people. I know. I'm looking at us, and it's like Bobby and I are aging. Yeah. Literally, right now, before our eyes, we're getting more gray. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's very true. Very very true. Anyway, what were we talking about? I don't. Oh, serious fun games. games. Oh, yeah. oh serious. Fun v. Serious games, I guess. Um, you, it's funny because you look at something like uh, Doom that came out this year, which on the surface, if you looked at it, you'd be like, oh, that's like a serious, like, um, dark game. But it's actually, like, very, very it's tongue-in-cheek. Funny. Yeah, it's very tongue-in-cheek. tongue-in-cheek yeah, it, you know. I would say whimsical, but that game It's not, not definitely whimsical. not whimsical, but it's it's definitely tongue-in-cheek, and it, and it's it's got a wry sense of humor about it. It doesn't, never takes itself very seriously. Uh, you mentioned Sunset Overdrive earlier, and that's a pretty good example of a game that's pretty whimsical. Yes. Yeah. Sunset Overdrive is so good. <laughs> They're never going to make a sequel, but God, do I wish they would. <laughs> um, but yeah. Yeah, so I, I, but I think you're absolutely right. I think if you look at like uh, my favorite story games over the last couple of years, they're all very serious. Yeah, and I wonder if like, yeah, again, it's the age thing, right? Where like, yeah. I'm 30, thirty. Yeah, we're the 34. target target so, demographic of gamers these days. Like we, when you think about it, people who are probably mid twenties to early forties are the ones who have the most money and B have probably spent the most time with um video games throughout their life. Like I I honestly do not remember a time in my life where there wasn't something in my house for me to play video games on. Like I've been playing video games since they were on fucking cassette tapes. Mm-hmm. Um so, you know, as as that demographic grows older and obviously with, you know, the technology to tell broader stories and with that becomes more artistic license and like bobby said when you're trying to do something that is an art form it does err towards the you know the levity side of it but i think you know even with um you know it's like well, I've played her Horizon Zero Dawn about ten hours of it. Like the main character in that, she's, you know, she's sarcastic, quippy. You know, there there is a, you know, in the main that the subject matter of that game is serious, but there's plenty there to make you smile here and there. 
Um, and even in Resident Evil 7, there's a few... There's some good dry humor in that. Yeah, um, so that game is hilarious. <laughs> can't wait to well, find yeah, out. Well, yeah, there are a few bits of, like... It's, no, you're right. It, totally. There's a yes. few, yeah, there's a good few lines in it where you're just like, that's actually quite funny given the situation the guy's in. Yeah, it goes for um, like the like the campy horror stuff sometimes. Yeah, like the yeah. Evil Dead type mm-hmm. yes, sort of totally. one-liners. Yes. But more like the new Evil Dead. <laughs> yeah. So it's also a little more disgusting. Um, um, yeah. But yeah, I just think, you know, given the dem, again, given the demographic of gamers that are the, you know, predominant gamers these days that i think that that is probably why and i think maybe a few di- few years down the line as they start aiming maybe towards younger people like justin you said to attract younger gamers in then maybe uh, the tone will lighten a bit but I don't, I don't think we're in like an age of where where games are like you know everything that comes out is is dreary and yeah i mean i understand but i I think we should draw a delineation between what rebecca's talking about which is the story of games not like oh yeah yeah not like the aesthetic of games because there's always colorful fun platformers that come out but the story games that have been lauded over the last few years have all been generally dark and dreary and very very serious and mature storylines um you know we haven't had like a like a you know the the forty year old virgin the video games or something like that which is basically a comedy most of the way through because they're impossible but you, but it'd have to be an adventure game yeah you know but people would have told you that you know five years six years ago that Gone Home was impossible true you know so they, that, somebody will come along who's just really good at it and make that game but they just haven't done it yet you know what I think I I also believe like look at us like like I said before I'm I'm thirty four mm. I spent most of my life playing games. If I was a game developer right now, I'm at the point of my life where I want to do something serious. Yeah. Like, I have kids. Like, mm-hmm. my life is not not the simplest thing in the world. Like, I'd want to tell, like, a mature story. Yeah. And I, I, I think it's interesting, though. Like, the guys who are doing ukulele are former developers of, like, Rare, who yeah. did Banjo and Kazooie. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, they're at the point in their lives where, like, I want something fun and, like, yes. whimsical and funny. Mm-hmm. Like, And I wonder if, like, the guys who are developing those serious games right now will eventually hit the point in their lives where they go backwards. Yeah, maybe. And then the new crowd comes in and they're like, well, we have a serious story that we want to tell. And yeah. that's how the cycle will go. But because yeah. we're hitting this spot right now, video games are only so old. Yeah. So we're, we're, we might be seeing the turn for the first time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, like, years from now, it would be interesting to watch and look back at. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, thank you so much, Rebecca, for the question. And thank you, everybody who wrote in. Keep stuff coming in. Please keep stuff coming in. Yeah, games at TalkingComicBooks.com and follow us on Twitter at Talking underscore Games. You can follow me personally on Twitter at Bobby Shortle. Justin. Jerok, J-R-O-E-K. Kelsey. Kelsamus, K-E-L-S-S-A-M-U-S. And Hugh. I am at H underscore Paz. Head over to TalkingComicBooks.com. Check out articles, reviews, all that good jazz. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel, uh, Justin and I's new video series which justin has coined as monster closet yeah is going to be starting with resident evil 7 uh that'll probably be up mm, i don't know yet next week probably uh yeah we're 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 gonna do our first episode tonight we have plans on recording more than one at a time but it's the first night so who the hell knows what happened with technology yeah we'll see how we'll see what happens um but yeah so that's gonna be out soon look for that we're gonna do a full play of resident evil 7 and then uh, I think I finally convinced Justin to play Until Dawn. You definitely did not. You just said we're going to play Until Dawn. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're in for a treat, man. That is a genuinely good game. I, th- I think you'll enjoy that. Some outlets would call it the best game of... <laughs> One outlet would yeah, call yeah. it the best game of 20-whatever. 20... <laughs> <laughs> 2015. Um, but yeah... It's uh, very good. 
It is very good. That's going to do it for uh, Talking Games uh, for this week. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Kelsey. Thank, <laughs> thank you, Hugh. What? We'll do it over again. He said, thank you, Kelsey. And then Hugh said, thank you, Bobby. What, what are you doing? What are you doing, doing Hugh? Is yeah. this your first time on the show? Come on. Matt did this It's fucking 25 to 2 in the morning, man. <laughs> Whatever, dude. Whatever. <laughs> Here we go. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Hugh. <laughs> thank you, Kelsey. Thank you, Bobby. And thank you to everyone who's listening. Until next time, be good to one another.